Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You all have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, for episode number 87. Episode number 87. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping on the front end here. We would like to thank our sponsor. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank War Room, the entire War Room posse, Steve Bannon, Maureen Bannon, Grace Chong, for continuing to stream the podcast live on Getter's War Room page, on, on War Room's Getter page, uh, as well as Rumble, uh, War Room's Rumble page now, I believe. Last night's episode on War Room's Rumble page did 90,000 views. Uh, one of the most viewed episodes of Please Call Me Crazy so far. So we're very happy about that. And we're very appreciative of of the entire War Room crew and the entire War Room posse out there for making that possible. Thank you. Um, special announcement. I'm going to be doing InfoWars live from 4 to 6 p.m. Central on Sunday. So if you're, if you're not busy on Sunday and you want to hear me go into the deep end of the pool, uh, no better time than to tune in on on uh, tune into Infowars live uh, from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central on on Sunday late afternoon early evening. Uh, I also like to thank two of our advertisers. One being MyBookie.com. If you like to bet on games and other things like that, go to MyBookie.com and enter promo code Royce, and you'll get a free bonus to start your MyBookie.com experiment uh, experience. Uh, as well as uh, experiment, experience, uh, however, however you, however you like it, uh, as well as Ghostbed, Ghostbed.com, uh, servicing all your sleep needs. If you're in the market for a new mattress or sheets, or things of that nature, you can go to Ghostbed.com, enter promo code Royce, and, and receive a discount. Um, we are available on all major audio platforms, that being Apple, Amazon, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as Rumble. You can catch us on Rumble. I already gave a shout out and and, and uh, a thank you to War Room. You can find us on War Room's Getter page. You can find us on War Room's Rumble page as well. Uh, you can also find us on Band.Video. We are now, I think, completely up to date on our band.video page. So everything that we're doing on YouTube is being backed up by our good friends over at War Room and our good friends over at InfoWars. And we're very appreciative of that because, you know, we, we get we get tons of views on it on band.video. We get big, big views on War Room. For some reason, I think the YouTube algorithm is uh, is trying to suppress us a little bit. We're going to try and fight that as best we can. We've set the podcast up now so that I can film and produce myself, which will allow and free up some of our um, help here in the studio to work specifically on clips, which in this TikTokification of the Internet uh, is, has, been, has been proven the surefire way to help generate uh, views and traffic and, and expand your audience. So we're working on that diligently so that YouTube has a much tougher time trying to suppress us However, in the event that YouTube does completely censor the channel, we will not stop fighting on the platforms that have been taken over by radical communists and, and tech oligarchs, tech tyrants. 
Uh, we're going to continue to try and get more YouTube channels up and running with a variety of podcasts that are coming. Myself and AJ Barker, the last Renaissance podcast, myself and the great professor Penn, who will be on tomorrow evening uh, for our family and friends episode, his podcast, his and I, have a podcast coming called Hebrews, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy that. The, the great Professor Penn and I have some very uh, deep, deep uh, spiritual, philosophical, and political conversations. One of which you'll get you'll get to listen to tomorrow night for the family and friends episode. I thought it was a a bombshell. He and I talked about some very taboo topics, and because of our heritage, culture, ethnicity, skin color, uh, we'll see how YouTube plays it. The reality is the left, the liberal left, the Marxist, the, the, the radical Marxist and identity politics brigade will show themselves, particularly around the issues of censoring groups, people from groups who they claim to protect. Uh, and, and me and Professor Penn talked about that at depth in depth. So you can tune into that tomorrow night. We also talked about Russia and Ukraine. So you can tune into that as well if you, if you want to get some insight into that from a person who um, comes from the Ukraine himself uh, and, and has that lived experience from the culture there uh, in, in that area, which is, which is and has been a tinderbox for a long time, uh, going all the way back to the 1800s when, the, when Great Britain invaded Russia. Uh, so that, that and much more tomorrow. Enough with the, uh, the housekeeping. We appreciate your viewership and your listenership today and in the future. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for everybody who tunes into the podcast. I'm thankful for all the new subscribers. I'm thankful for all the people who listen on the audio platform. I hope as we've come along here in this first hundred or so episodes uh, that we've uh, addressed your concerns and your needs as far as the production. I know sound was an issue. Uh, I'm very particular and meticulous myself with, with the vision of the podcast. So at different times, color and lighting and all those things were an issue. I think we found a, a, a sweet spot with many of those things uh, still working out little details and there are still mistakes that happen just uh, as, as a price you pay in production. But um, all in all, I think we're, we're, we're getting pretty sharp and, and honed in on the process. And this is going to be a, a very long process. We don't plan to be here for a short time. Uh, so please give us your feedback, anything that you notice. Uh, please, if, if, if you have a problem with the sound, please try turning the sound up all the way uh, and, and seeing if that helps address your, your sound needs. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast somewhere that's loud, a noisy room, um, it's, it's going to be very difficult to, to hear. We, 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 I don't think that there's any, any um, podcast production setup that I've seen that that can sustain a, a good quality of sound while also being able to push the threshold of volume to a level that would allow you to be able to hear in a room where there are other things happening, significant noise uh, within that room. And I know a lot of people uh, listening in the, in the car, in the vehicle, some guys listen while they're driving their rig and the, we got a big trucker audience and that, that listens late at night, I'm sure with, with War Room because I'm, I'm sometimes on there late, late in the evening. Um, going to be difficult. I mean, and we're trying to figure that out. We did, you know, these are industry standard mics, the sure mics. Um, the problem is, you know, the, the, the marriage between the, the audio interface, which we have the best audio interface that money can buy, quite frankly. Um, and, and we have a little attachment on these microphones called cloud lifters that 
put 25 uh, dBs worth of gain on it before it ever even hits uh, the, the mixer there. So we're doing everything we can. And, and I think the sound has been good as of late. Please drop a comment. Let us know if you if you if you like the sound, if you think the sound is 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 loud enough. Uh, but but do do realize that you may have to turn the volume all the way up in order to hear the podcast at a reasonable uh, level. Um, I hope you enjoyed yesterday's episode. I, I certainly enjoyed filming it. Didn't really feel like myself yesterday, though. I'm going to be honest, and, and I apologize as as a podcaster or somebody in, in production or broadcasting. You always have those days where your mind is other places. And I, I don't want to. I don't mean to say that the things that I said in the podcast yesterday weren't uh, insightful because I thought they were really insightful. But you know, sometimes you're you're 100 there, and sometimes you're you're somewhere else, and. Um, I think a lot of what's going on in the country today is disturbing me uh, throughout the day, especially when I get into this podcast form because it become it 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 gets very difficult to try and figure out, especially when you're talking to a, a digital audience. Right, you know, you guys aren't actually here with me. You're you're here in the in the uh, online, but but you're not here with me. So I'm talking to myself and I'm talking in my own thoughts, in my own head, in front of you. And I think there's something very genuine and valuable and fruitful to that. And, and I appreciate the the growth of the audience and, and, and all of that is great, you know, and I, I continue to, I plan on continuing to do that. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not troubled by it, but it is difficult to uh, try to understand what it will take, what it, what it, what it should take for the American people to become, um, as alarmed as I am. And some people would call me an alarmist. Certainly the the brass, the the power structure of the Republican Party, certainly here in the, the great state of Minnesota, would call me somewhat of an alarmist or an extremist. In fact, one of our um, RNC committee men, uh, Randy Sutter, Randy Sutter is one of the three RNC committee men here in the, the state of Minnesota, even went so far as to say that I'm a physical threat uh, to to people in the Republican Party, uh, because you know I'm I'm a, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm an extremist, and and you know I don't I don't view myself as being that extreme. Now, am I afraid to defend my views with a lot of passion and conviction? Absolutely not. Am I afraid to fly off the handle and use profanity? Absolutely not. And if need be, am I afraid of any physical confrontations? Absolutely not. Um, but I'm a fairly uh, reasonable and and amenable person. Um, but we're coming to a point in time in this country where 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 things have have reached a tipping point. And and again, I've said in the podcast before. Yes, you could say that things have reached a tipping point at many different times, and that this is the 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 uh, accumulation or the culmination of of many tipping points where we didn't we didn't rise up. Um, and and uh, we didn't show up, we didn't meet the the requirements of the moment throughout history, and and preserve what it is to be an American citizen, and and or to be a Christian, or to be a man, or to be a woman, or to to be a family, or a community, or uh, an elected official, or the captain of an industry, or a, a person with a voice in the public square, a public figure. 
a priest. I mean, you could go down the list. Uh, you know, we we are flawed. We are f- we are flawed. Um, we have many failures, and and nobody nobody is exempt from that. Certainly not me. But I do feel a certain sense of urgency with what we're seeing in the country right now. And so it it becomes hard to 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 figure out how to come and speak to you day after day and and convey the level of of danger that you all are in. We we all are in, but certainly you all are in. Uh, it's a danger that I know well, which is why I'm even here doing it in the first place and and um that's tough, you know. That's tough. But here we are. We're we're trucking along. Uh, and some days I'm going to come in and be so hot and emotional and passionate about something. I'm going to go off and scream and it's going to be hard to even sit here and listen because the mic can only take so much, so much value before things start to crack. Uh, and then there are going to be days where I just come in and vent, you know, diary of a mad black man. I don't mean to make a pun with Ty- Tyler Perry's uh, movie. Tyler Perry had a, a hit black cinema film that stemmed from a number of very, very popular plays, stage plays, and one of them was The Diary of a Mad Black Woman, uh, which kind of kind of, ironically symbolizes one of the great plights of our American culture, to say the very least. But um, Diary of a Mad Black Man, some days I just come in and, and want to talk, want to talk with you, the audience, and, and have a conversation with you. Uh, and I hope, I hope you enjoy that. And, and most of all, I hope that as I continue to progress uh, through my political career, for lack of a better term, uh, or my, my, my political pursuits, um, that, you, that you come to appreciate. I'm not like any other candidate, that's for sure. I'm not trying to hide who I am, and I'm certainly not trying to hide what I think, and I'm not trying to hide the way I think, the process with which I think, which is why when, when, when myself and the trusted people who are around me sat down, to discuss the importance uh, or the the desire to have a podcast, that was number one on the list for me, is that I want anybody and everybody who would like to follow me, who would like to be a fan, who would like to support my my candidacy or any campaigns I'm a part of or, 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 or you know, whatever, whatever, follow my career with the big three and in sports or in MMA, anybody who wants to follow me, I want to give them a place where they could come and, and learn, uh, learn about the way that I think, the process with which I think, become familiar with it, because I'm not hiding it. And I think anybody who aspires to be a, a, leader, of, a leader of people, a leader of men, uh, a leader of young men, a uh, leader of, of culture, uh, should not hide themselves from the people that they want to lead. They shouldn't have these carefully crafted speeches. They shouldn't have these, these carefully curated lives. Uh, where where the people who follow them only get to see what some select group of people allow them to see about that individual. All of that has brought us to the place we are today. And to start off today, I would like to talk about something I came across, something that came across my desk that I'm very, very interested in, in dealing with here and now. And it was Larry Elder and Charlemagne. Um, Charlemagne is a very prominent radio personality on a station or a program called The Breakfast Club. 
for black people in the in the the hip hop culture or black community across the country has become a a very 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 influential radio platform out of New York City and it's had any number of of A-list celebrities on it um over the years and they've built a very big audience and they have a very big machine behind them and and recently they brought Larry Elder on. I think it was about seven days ago. Many of you are familiar with this interview. If you're not, you should go and watch it. But they brought Larry Elder on to to talk about his presidential candidacy and really try to ambush him with what has become a sort of go-to move for the mainstream media industrial complex and their their liberal ideology um, is to to get black people who are radically incompetent when it comes to philosophical, spiritual, and political issues or, or, or dialogue and, and uh, ambush uh, black conservatives with uh, gotcha, gotcha questions. And, you know, I, I got to say honestly, I am not, I am in no way the biggest Larry Elder fan. Now, I respect Larry Elder's career. I respect the work that he's done. I respect his intelligence uh, in, in the most general sense. Um, and, and I certainly respect him from, for going into the belly of the beast and presenting the facts uh, as, as they are. And he, I think he did an incredible job uh, in doing that on The Breakfast Club. It was, it was, it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch three people, three, three different hosts, Charlemagne, DJ Envy, who is another, uh, you know, mainstay of, of the Breakfast Club, and some woman who they had, uh, you know, questioning over, over Skype. It was tough to watch. She was particularly tough to watch, and any of you who have seen the interview or when you go back and see the interview, I'm sure you're going to understand right away why she was tough to watch, but um, I, I do want people to, to realize that that mentality uh, is, is, it's funny. Well, first, let me start with this. I'll circle back to that. But, but first, let me start here. I, I, I wish, I wish I could have been there with Larry Elder. Let me say that. I wish I could have been there because this entire, this entire cultural narrative that has come to dominate American politics and the, the divide between uh, your average Democrat and, and Republican voter is driven by race. And so it's right for Larry Elder to identify race and talk about some of the, some of the myths or some of the, the, the propaganda around race here in America, both now and historically. Uh, and it's why uh, Steve Bannon has done a great job, an incredible job of, of evangelizing for lack of a better term, uh, black and Hispanic men w w with, the, with populism and, and even more so nationalism and what it means, uh, you know, how it, how it is meaningful to them. Um, the, the race thing for all of you out there who, who think this isn't important, it's very important. I mean, it's the, it's the, it is the cornerstone of the post-World War II democratic liberal order. It is the cornerstone of the globalist narrative. It is the cornerstone of the movement towards a China-centric fourth industrial revolution. It is the cornerstone of uniparty politics. 
black people in this country and the history of black people in this country, be it actual history or or embellished history or, or rewritten history, that history of black people is the cornerstone upon which this entire globalist agenda is being is being executed. And I wish I had been there with with Larry Elder, because when it comes to American politics, let's just take politics, for example. Let's just use politics, you know, party politics, Democrats and Republicans. Let's just use that, for example. Now, on the show, you've seen me say many times before, there are no more Democrats and Republicans. There are only nationalists and globalists. Well, nationalism is a dirty word. It's synonymous with fascism, which really isn't true. But certainly the mainstream establishment has done well to promote nationalism or propagandize the word nationalism as some dirty dog whistle for Nazism and fascism, which is completely ridiculous. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But but I believe that we are now in a nationalist versus globalist political landscape. However, any number of political ideologies, any number of political viewpoints are still represented in large part by the dichotomy of Republicans and Democrats. Fine. Okay, let's take that dichotomy. Let's take party politics. And if it had been me with Larry Elder at the Breakfast Club and I had been talking to Charlemagne, who's a fucking sellout, or DJ Envy, who's another fucking sellout, and this black woman, she's the sine qua non of the whole deal, not her specifically, not her personally, but the, the archetype that she represents is the sine qua non of the whole fucking mainstream media industrial complex and 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 neoliberal neocon uh, marxist identity politics globalist metropolitan omnisexual aristocratic technocratic scam she is the she is the the railhead of new world order angry bitter arrogant loudmouth black women okay and not all of you are like that but, but where some of you aren't like that, you're certainly letting women like this represent you. And where you black conservative women do exist, we appreciate you. We, we thank you and we pray for your emergence and we pray for your ministry to reach far and wide. But we don't want a fake conservative ministry. We need that real shit. And sometimes it's hard for black conservative women to bring that real shit. And I, and, and, and I understand. I get it. I get it, Candace. I understand the fight. I understand the line you're trying to walk, the, the line you have to toe. But there is no more tone of the line. People are just going to tell the truth raw and unabashed or we're going to lose. And we're going to lose this country and we're going to lose our freedom and we're going to lose our citizenship and we're going to lose any shot at having a future. If I had been there with Larry Elder, I would have made this party politics thing very, very, very clear. Very simple. Let's take the black out of it. Let's take systemic racism out of it. Let's take the history out of it. Let's take Lyndon B. Johnson and the Civil Rights Act out of it. Let's take whether or not Martin Luther King was Republican or Democrat out of it. Let's take the party switch lie out of it. Let's take the fact that the Democrats were, in truth, the party of Jim Crow and, and, and the KKK and segregation and so on and so forth. Let's take the welfare. Let's take everything out of it. All of the stuff that's, that's become baked in to the conversation about party politics that boils down to an argument about race in this country, amongst other things, but, but primarily race. 
because black people are the, 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 the tip of the spear upon which every other grievance and identity politics groups g- gets to line up behind, right? They get to say, well, you see what you did to black people? It's not much different than what you did to women. It's not much different than what you're doing to gays and lesbians. It's not much different than what you're doing to transgenders. It's not much different than what you're doing to any, any variant, you know, variable demographic they choose. It is, the, it is the tip of the spear race, whether you all like it or not. And let's get clear about it. I want to try and equip conservatives to speak to black people, to go and minister to black people so that, so that we can take this country back, so that when 2024 comes, they will not be able to steal an election in Georgia and justify it on the backs of unwitting black voters. And even if they do steal, even if they do rig the election, even if they find 200,000 votes in the greater Atlanta area, when the, when the clock strikes 12, spiritually, spiritually, the American people, the American citizens, and specifically the black citizens that live in that place will walk away from that election understanding that they were cheated, that they were misrepresented, that they were lied on, and that they were lied to. That should be a focus. That should be a priority. And I want to try and equip you. And, and this is Larry Elder as well. I'm actually going to send this to Larry. And again, I thought he did a great job. But Larry has spent a lifetime combating um, puppets, liberal puppets who come with the same variety of talking points. And so his instinct is to, in a very meticulous and fact-based fashion, bat down each individual talking point when really we should go right to the basics. And the basics are, are this, in my opinion. What is the purpose of civic duty? What is the purpose of civil participation? What does it mean to be a citizen? What is being a citizen? Being a citizen is representing yourself, yourself in the process with which policy, legislation, and any number of other things in any given community, your community as a small part of a broader community, like a state or a nation, uh, representing yourself in in the, the policy decisions that are made. First and foremost, to protect very, very essential and basic rights, very basic, uh, you know, elements of, of citizenship. In America, there are certain things that we value as being citizens, or there are certain things that were written out for us that we should value in, in being a citizen. Basic things like freedom, right? freedom, liberty, safety, security, uh, you know, the, the the basics, okay? The sum total of those of those basics, the, the sum total of those basics could be referred to as the value of your citizenship. The value of your citizenship. Your citizenship, every last one of you out there, is a citizen. And as a citizen, that citizenship has a value to it. There are two parties 
there is one party that by definition, from a policy standpoint, is devaluing your citizenship. There is another party in with which there is a knockdown, an all-out knockdown brawl to control the politics of the party to restore the value of your citizenship. The Democrat Party, without going into all the minutiae, without going into all the bullshit about who did what, when, where, who said, when, why, how, without going into all that bullshit, the Democrat Party is devaluing your citizenship. There are two significant ways in which citizenship is devalued for Americans by, by America's system of, 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 of beliefs, core beliefs, core ideas. The Democrats are devaluing your citizenship by letting countless numbers of illegal immigrants, non-citizens, come into the country. And in, in conjunction with that, you could also say using the American populace or the American tax money to ship the value of your citizenship to other countries and their citizens vis-a-vis China, right? That's, that's one example. That's the big example. Shipping the value of, value of your citizenship to China. Okay, so those two go hand in hand. Giving away the value of your citizenship to other countries and their citizenships, citizens in pursuit of this idea of global citizenship that has never been constituted, that has never really been, been written out, that has no real way with, with which you can measure it. It has no, no, no real concrete metrics to gauge, to, 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 to judge, to, to be able to account for. The global citizenship is a fugazi. It doesn't exist. Could it exist? Sure. They certainly want it to exist. Should it exist? I don't think so. I don't think that there's any group of people in human history that have shown they have the competence and the moral, the moral fortitude or the moral uh, intelligence or the spiritual intelligence to try and govern such a big, big place under one rule. I certainly don't think so. But, hey, you may think differently than I do. So that's one way they're devaluing your citizenship. The other basic way they are devaluing your citizenship is the infinite expansion of the government itself. And this is what Larry, in my opinion, failed to drive home early on in the interview. And I watched it. I watched it. I, I, I pained through it. And I thought he did a great job. I, I, I said that already. But I thought what he failed to call out Charlemagne and DJ Envy and, and, and the black lady who couldn't keep her fucking mouth closed, what, I, what, I, what, what he failed to drive home to them is that American citizenship fundamentally is based on a small government. It's based on your rights being protected your rights being protected by a certain level of autonomy that each individual citizen has with respect to the federal government. And most of all, the, the sheer size of the federal government and the scope of its, of its authority. That 
is supposed to be a baked in piece of your citizenship and the value of your citizenship. There is one party, there is one party that is unabashedly in favor of the infinite expansion of government, of the federal government. Right there. Right there. We don't need to talk about anything else. Your citizenship has a value. The Democrat Party seeks to undermine the value of your citizenship through the infinite expansion of government. Now, how they want to promote that, how they want to propagandize that, how they want to fence that expansion is that that expansion will be a net positive for you. That your wealth will grow, that your health will grow, that your people will be protected, that your communities will grow, that they will have better roads and they'll have better health and safety codes and they'll have uh, prettier, more artistically inclusive gardens for all the little pretty black kids to come and play. But really, really, all they've ever proven is that the expansion of the federal government results in you going into fucking debt. That the infinite expansion of the federal government is equivalent to the rise of a debt society and the rise of slavery, wage slavery that turns you and your kids and your kids' kids, your unborn great-grandkids into serfs and slaves. And they continuously tried to pin Larry Elder in a corner where they talked about the system. And the one problem that I have with Larry's, the, the one problem that I have with Larry's response, the one problem that I have with the, the black conservatives that fall into the Larry Elder category, this sort of pick yourself up by your bootstraps black conservative, which is a fair and reasonable prescription for anybody. Right. If I'm a basketball player, for example, and I'm on a team or I'm in a game and, and I have all these excuses as to why we're losing the game. The first thing I should probably do is ask myself exactly what Larry Elder said. What could I have done different? Right. Before I go on to place too much blame on the system around me or the people around me or the circumstance around me, what could I have done different? So I understand the prescription. I get it. And it's a reasonable one. The problem with it is. And the problem with the problem with Larry Elder or people like Larry Elder going into these debates with these three jackals, right, is that they rightfully identify that there is something corrupt going on with the system. They wrongfully place the majority of what's going on as being a racist animus, a, a, a racial oppression, a racially driven. Uh, you know, corruption. And yeah, there is racism. But the corruption isn't really racism. And I think, and, and, uh, again, I, I love to have Larry Elder on the show and he and I can talk about this in, in great depth. I think it'd be a great conversation. In fact, right here, right now, I'd like to invite Larry Elder uh, onto the podcast and, and, and we're happy to promote uh, his presidential run. I really appreciate that he 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 stopped them mid-show and, and clarified, I'm not running against Donald Trump. I'm running to talk about the issues that I'm talking about. 
I'm not running against Donald Trump. And I do think that the system, the two-tier justice system, is being unfair against him. Huge, huge uh, tip of the hat to Larry Elder for, for having that, that level of sacred honor in this new, uh, in, in this new election cycle because he's a political opponent. And everybody would sort of understand if he just went at Donald Trump's throat or anybody's throat. That's kind of become the norm of our political landscape, especially during election season. So he showed some sacred honor there, and I appreciate that. Want to invite him on the show. But the one problem that the pick, the, 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 the pick yourself up by your bootstraps black conservative have is that the system is very guilty. The system does have great indictment that should rightfully come down against it, specifically from the citizens. The question is, what parts of the system, what should we indict? And so when the young, the, 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 when the woman kept saying the system, the system, the system, when, when Charlemagne says the system, the system, the system, they use the system as this baseline way to say something is wrong, and then they tried to buttress it by saying the thing that's wrong is racism. And the, the tip of the spear of racism is Donald Trump and his supporters. But there is only one movement within one of the two parties that is actively fighting every day all across this country to restore the value of American citizens' citizenship. That is the MAGA movement. That is Donald J. Trump. Make no mistake about it. There's not a question. It's not a debate. There is only one movement. There is only one political movement in the country right now within one of the two parties that is actively trying to restore the value of our citizenship. And that is the MAGA movement. How are we doing it? How have we done it? How has the Larry Elders of the world done it? Yeah, we can tell black people, look within first. Malcolm X would agree with that, by the way. A lot of these black liberals, they, 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 they act like they like Malcolm X. They like to quote him, but really they quote him out of context because Malcolm and the Nation of Islam have always, have always emphasized that the real issue with black America is black America. It's, it's ourselves. It's our inability to love one another in a communal way, to even to, 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 actualize, to, to actualize a black community. I mean, in order to be a black community, you have to share something other than an area code or uh, uh, the proximity of a given neighborhood with streets and streetlights and, and, and yards and lawns and houses and buildings and projects and, and, uh, and, and, and freeways and hospitals. In order to be a community, you have to share values. You have to share beliefs. You have to share goals. You have to share an economic prosperity. That's what it means to be a community. And you could make a great argument, as Larry Elder so eloquently put it, given the statistics, there isn't a black community. There isn't a black community all across the country. There is a place where black people live that is often in chaos, that is often in turmoil, that is often plagued and, and terrorized by none other than black people against themselves. That is a fact. What isn't a fact, what isn't a fact, is that the system that presides over that circumstance is without culpability. That is not a fact. The system has plenty of guilt. The question is, what system? And in fact, it is a fact that the status quo establishment, 
that all three vultures who surrounded Larry Elder vote for, shill for, promote for, support the system that they participate in is that system. Unequivocally, the Democrat Party is the default party of the infinite expansion of government that wants to shrink the value of your citizenship and make you so little that there's no way you can represent yourself in their grandiosity. In review, there's only one party. There is only one party. There is only one party in the two-party system that default that defaults to a position of infinitely expanding the federal government. The expansion of the federal government, the infinite expansion of the federal government is categorically a devaluing of your citizenship. It was never meant for the federal government to be this big. It was never meant for the federal government to have this much authority in your life. It was never meant for the federal government to decide how much money you should be able to make with this or through this unconstitutional taxation. It was never meant for the federal government to be able to take out money, fake money, print fake money on the back of the working class in America to fund the political and geopolitical pipe dreams of a few political elites. That was never supposed to be the way that this country functioned. And Charlemagne knows better, number one. You're either dumb, you're either ignorant, or you're in on it. Charlemagne doesn't strike me as ignorant. DJ Envy, here nor there, coming and going. Probably doesn't know what the fuck is even going on. The black woman, though, who continued to interrupt Larry Elder, She knows exactly what's going on. She knows exactly what's going on, and she knows exactly what her role is. Her role is to interrupt the black man every time he wants to present a sane and logical argument about what's going on in our community and what's going on in this country. And I'm so happy that as I look through the YouTube comments that people are getting wise. And when I look over to see who it is that's leaving the comment, it's starting to be black people more and more. I'm so proud. I'm so proud that black people are starting to wake up, but we got to kick it into another gear. We have to minister. We have to, we have to minister far and wide to turn a corner, turn the corner on this political scam right here before this 2024 election. Because if we allow the Democrats to bastardize, to undermine the meaning of community with the grandiosity of their federal government, we will lose everything we fought for. And yeah, black people have fought. We have fought. We have fought the history of this country. Nobody can deny it. Nobody can deny that. Nobody with any sense could deny that, would deny that. What Uncle Larry is trying to tell you, and I have an uncle named Larry, so I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, sort of tongue in cheek, but, but Larry is a, you know, a 70-year-old man. He could be your uncle. He could be your grandfather. What Uncle Larry is saying is, when I come to the gym, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. The floor could be dusty. The ball could not have enough air in it. The other team could have seven, uh, five players who are all seven foot. 
right? The other team's coach could tell the players that they need to foul me every time the ref's not looking. The ref could not see it. You could have three refs who don't know their whistle from their asshole that day. All those things could happen. You still have to find a way to win the game. Or, or you could always choose not to play the game. And what I think he's really saying, but failed to say, straight up is, for all the black people who complain about the way that the system is run, they have not yet renounced that system. They have not yet decided we are not going to play the game. In fact, we have become the cornerstone upon which the game is played. This is why the great Steve Bannon came to get a hitter like me. Because he knows I knows, but more importantly, he knows I can articulate it. And when I start to make my rounds in this Senate campaign, you will watch. You will watch people like The Breakfast Club and all these other prominent black media outlets run for the fucking hill because they know. They know as well that I know exactly what the fuck they're doing. I know exactly what their marching orders were, and I know exactly what they're meant to accomplish. They are meant to distract the conversation, distract a very important and essential conversation about the system that they so conveniently serve with this superficial discussion about race and racism and reparations and whatever else. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. What system are you talking about? Systemic racism. Well, what system? What's it? Who are the biggest systems in this country? Who are the biggest? Who, who you know, it is oh, well, white supremacy runs all of the who, what do black people run? What do black people own? It's your choice not to own. It's your choice not to own. I remember when Dame Dash came on The Breakfast Club and told DJ Envy that he and Charlemagne and Angela Yee should start their own radio station and they're still fucking working there at The Breakfast Club. Five years later, six years later, I don't know when the Dame Dash interview was, but six years later, they're still working at the fucking radio station that a white man owns. I'm just keeping it real, okay? Yeah, the system has plenty, and, and my, my criticism of Larry and, and many of the to pick yourself up by your bootstraps, black conservatives is we don't want to, we don't want to protect the corrupt status quo in calling out the bullshit from the charlatans like Charlemagne. We don't want to protect and safeguard the corrupt status quo because we're at a point in time in this country where the people do need to rise up against the corruption of the system. The question is, which parts and and how so? How do we rise up and against who? Oh, there is, oh, there is, there is a systemic injustice being done against the American people. The fact remains that that systemic injustice, that the oppression being done to the American people is not exclusive to black people. And in this way, they brainwash the conservatives and the right wing to become the controlled opposition when we go, stop your whining, stop complaining, stop, you know, uh, you know, and again, this is the same thing I said about Candace. You're not oppressed. You're not oppressed. You're not oppressed. 
If you were oppressed, you wouldn't have time to be out and protesting. People who are oppressed in third world countries, they, they, they don't have time to protest because they have to survive. That's not a level of citizenship that was ever supposed to be meant for American citizens. It's not a citizenship we should ever, ever accept. It's not a citizenship we should ever, ever accept. That's not what America was meant to be. It's not what America's supposed to be. It's not what America has the has the resources to be, has the potential to be. No, the American people should be pissed the fuck off. But it shouldn't be bound to black people. And when we tell black people that they shouldn't be pissed off or that they should stop complaining, what we're really telling, what we're really telling all American people through them is that none of you should be complaining. And I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. No, there is a complaint. There is a grievance that black people rightfully have. It just so happens they don't yet know how to articulate it. They don't see the whole field of play. They don't see the whole picture. Because if they did, they would understand that the grievance that they rightfully have is the grievance of the farmer down the road. Might be a little far down the road, yeah, but it's the same fucking grievance. The proximity that black people are plagued by with the eyes that they, with what they can see with their eyes, with what they can hear with their ears, the, the proximity problem of black people is actually the, 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 the same proximity problem of the farmer. And in that lack of proximity, in that space that exists between the young black man from the inner city and the young white man on the farm out in rural America, in between that space is exactly where they mean to deceive you. And when our leaders fail to speak truthfully into that area, into that space between those two groups of people, we are giving the country away to China. We are giving the country away to Davos. We are giving the country away to the Uniparty. We have given the country away to those people. And I'm sick of it. And I think Larry did a great job. But don't ever say that there's not a systemic problem in this country. There's a big fucking systemic problem in this country. And there are about 12 places where people should start. There are about 12 buildings, 12 very exclusive buildings in this country where people should be protesting every single fucking day. The United States Federal Reserve. The United States Federal Reserve is the single greatest economic Ponzi scheme ever waged upon a, a, a populace of people in human history. It's the most advanced economic Ponzi scheme, I should say. Because the only other, the only other, the only one greater is outright slavery. I can dominate you, so you're gonna work for free. And that goes, that's slavery of all sorts, any race, any time in any period in throughout history, all manners of racism, the great globalist business model, drugs, piracy, and slavery. The next step up from that, the evolution of that is what the Federal Reserve and the central banking cartel has waged against working class people all across the world. And they've gotten our leaders who are greedy, who are weak, who are cowardly, who are easy to buy, who are cheap to buy, they've gotten our leaders to betray and sell the citizenship of each and every individual in their respective jurisdiction, in their respective constituency, in their respective city, state, in this nation, out 
to the spirit of radical materialism. The spirit of radical materialism. That is the systemic corruption that's taking place. Using the spirit of radical materialism to bastardize the value of genuine American citizenship. Which is a representation of a faith in God to say that each each man, each woman, each child was created in the image and likeness of God. And therefore, therefore, each living person has inalienable rights granted to them by that creator. That's the value of citizenship. Self-governance. You were meant to govern yourself. Does that mean the, uh, the, the, that the federal government needs to be abolished completely? No. No, of course not. Of course the federal government should be in charge of the nation's borders. It's a big fucking country. It's a huge country. And we maybe should expand the borders. And next week, I'm going to talk about Canada and Mexico and the prospects of, 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 of North America in what is going to break out into World War III, a land grab, the great land grab. The great land grab of the 21st century. We're going to talk about what America should look like. But regardless... I don't care where we push our border to. The government, the federal government's authority should be limited to protecting those borders. It's funny. It's ironic that the Democrat Party has done the exact opposite. They want to be involved in every single little facet of your life. Every single little thing you do is to be bastardized or infantilized, infantilized by the federal government. Yet. They leave the one fucking job that is rightful for them to have completely unmanned, completely unguarded. The border. Our borders are wide open to economic, uh, 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 economic predators and our border are wide open to illegal immigrants. And they're happy about it. And, 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 and Charlemagne, you sellout motherfucker. You had the audacity to try and ask Larry Elder if, if people with fathers have a, have a less likely chance to end up in jail, then why did Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump and all of those guys end up in jail? Like you don't know the difference between being in, indicted and being convicted. And like you don't know, and, and even more so, isn't it ironic, isn't it strange that people who talk about systemic racism or systemic injustice or the whole system is guilty as hell are willing to are willing to shill on behalf of the legal system, legal corruption, the justice system when it benefits their political ideology. First of all, Donald Trump isn't in jail. He was indicted and it was a hyper-political banana court, kangaroo, banana republic kangaroo court indictment to begin with. 
And he's not in jail. He's been indicted. He's been indicted four other times. He was impeached twice. They didn't remove him for a reason. And now he's been indicted. And he's probably not going to go to jail on the indictments, to be quite honest. Because they're not legitimate. But even if he was convicted, what the fuck does that have to... Why would that be a, 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 a final determination of how we should judge him morally? As though to say the justice system is something we should trust in. We don't trust the justice system over here in the MAGA movement, Charlemagne. We don't, we don't distrust the justice system when it benefits us when it benefits or, or, or caters to or, or helps prove a point of our political ideology and agenda, we just don't trust the justice system. We just don't trust the federal government, which is why we want to shrink the federal government. A federal government that you and your political friends and your crony overlords would like to expand. And when they expand the federal government, it won't just be the Donald Trumps and Rudy Giuliani's that they come after. And we all in the MAGA movement, understand that as well. Something you should take note of. Because there's no shortage of people over there on the Democrat side that have come into the crosshairs of this type of, this type of uh, tyranny. Now, do I know their guilt or innocence? No, I wasn't there. But when I look at what happened to Cuomo, or when I look at what happened to Don Lemon, or when I look at what happened to Al Franken, or when I look at what happened to any number of people on the Democrat side who fell victim to uh, grievance politics, let's, let's call it. But your boy Jeffrey Tubin, he's back on TV. Jerk off of the, mo- of the week. Yes, I'm get- look, right here, right now, jerk off of the week goes to Jeffrey Tubin. The man who pulled his cock out and started whacking off right there on a right there on a Zoom meeting, right, right there in a the, right there on his webcam. Ah, oh, I just didn't. I didn't realize the camera was still on. Jerk off society. These are your boys. These are your people. And then and then see what's funny is the Charlemagnes will try and tell you, hey, 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 we're not all together over here on this side. No, universally the Democrats vote in the direction of infinite expansion when it comes to federal government. And if you go all the way to the baseline of the political formation of the Democrat Party, that is the linchpin of the political movement. That is the linchpin of your politics, the ever expansion of the federal government. I'm not going to get into some, some bullshit back and forth about all these little sophistry-style arguments. Let's go right to the basics, right down to the ground level. All your sales point in one direction, expanding the federal government. And that's what the fuck you plan to do. And none of us, none of us black conservatives over here on this side, none of us, especially none with a ball sack as big as mine, would ever follow you fucking morons into the tyranny of a global police state of a global medical police state. Go fuck yourself, Charlemagne. I don't give a fuck how big a radio station they give you, how big of an audience they give you, how many fucking rappers they run in to let you interview, how many fucking politicians they run in there to let you interview, how many fucking radio stations they put you on all around the country. I could give a flying fuck. 
There is not one inch. There is not one inch of my existence that would follow you fucking Finocchios into a global, tyrannical, medical, technocratic police state. Uh-uh. Not going to happen. And I'm standing on that. And I'm standing on that just like Malcolm Wood. Just like Martin Wood. Just like Fred Wood. Just like the great Thomas Sowell Wood. Oh, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of great black leaders. There's a lot of great black leaders that would call bullshit on this whole scam y'all got running. And you like to. You like to. This is another move they like to do. They like to keep us suspended in the 1960s. They like to keep us morally and, and, and philosophically and, and intellectually and, and spiritually suspended in the 1960s. A time where the racial animus was much, much different than it is today. And the plans and the agendas of the establishment were in a much, much different phase than they are right now. Not me. Not me. I'm not going. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Fuck you. Fuck you, Charlemagne. Go fuck yourself. And everybody there at the Breakfast Club can go fuck themselves too. I don't want to come on your show. When I go to run for president, I don't want to come on your show. You see this? This is my show. And on my show, I control the conversation. I control the dynamic of the conversation. You can't bring no black woman in via Zoom to ambush me. Fuck her. Fuck her. Fuck you. Fuck Envy. The whole lot of you. You fucking morons are sellouts. You go over there. You call. You keep caucusing with the Democrats. You get ready for the dildo throne. Use your phone number as your gulag uh, tag. Because that's what you're going to get. That's exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get a 10-digit number. You're going to get a 10-digit number, and when you don't dance the way the CCP says you should dance, the dildo throne you get ain't going to be the dildo throne you want. But I don't know. Some of you, some kinky, kinky freak boy motherfuckers. Maybe you will like that shit. I don't know. I'm not going with you. And I want to say this again. When we get down to the bottom of the, pol the, the politics, when we get down to the ground level of the two-party platforms, it's very, very simple. There is one party that always votes for the expansion of the federal government. There's one party who is in a full-blown civil war within the party to restore the value of citizenship, part of which means to shrink the federal government so it doesn't bastardize and undermine the meaning of community and the autonomy of the individual. That would be the MAGA movement within the Republican Party. And yeah, the Republican Party is split 50-50. And yeah, 50% of them are Nikki Haley Republicans or they're Ron DeSanctimonious Republicans or they're Chris fucking Christie Republicans. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, we know, we know. We all, all of you over there that criticize the Republican Party as a whole, you never want to get specific. We know the Republicans who are fucked up. We know the Republicans who we don't want to associate with. We know the Republicans that are giving the Republican Party a bad name. They, 
and you are often in cahoots. In fact, they and you are the uniparty that performs on camera with the WWE politics to make the entire American public think that they actually disagree with one another. And they pick any number of cultural wedge issues, like race, for example, to put on that facade, when really they want to steal all your money. And they have stole all your money. $32 trillion fucking dollars worth, Charlemagne, dipshit. You want to talk about systemic racism. You want to talk about systemic injustice or economic oppression. How about running up a fucking tab on the American working class, which includes black people? How about putting black citizens, great-great-grandchildren in debt without their fucking consent? Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say without your consent because it is with their consent every time they vote. Fucking Democrat, they're voting to put their great-grandkids in fucking debt. That's what Larry Elder's saying. That's what Larry's saying. He's just saying it in a much nicer way. Because another part of the, the pull yourself up by your bootstrap conservative movement is this, this, this thin veil of civility. It's a thin veil of civility that us younger, smash mouth populist Republicans don't have time for. Now, I'd love to have a very respectful and intellectual conversation with Larry Elder on my podcast where I can control the terms of engagement and he and I can talk intellectually. But when I come into the belly of the beast on a place like the Breakfast Club, it's no holds bar. It's no holds fucking bar, which is why they won't invite me. And it's cool. Don't you don't don't invite me, please. Don't invite me because you, you you're you're in for a rude awakening. Me, 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 I don't play by the same rules. I don't play by the same rules and the young the young smash mouth populist movement in this country that is MAGA, that is nationalist, that believes in having a country with borders, that believes in citizenship and the value of our citizenship, that young movement ain't playing by the same rules. Sorry. We're not going to sit here and play by the rules when you let George Soros fund district attorney campaigns to take over this country's legal system through lawfare. We're not going to play by those rules. You can go fuck yourself the profanity, the thin veil of civility that the 501c3 Christians have become so accustomed to, they can go fuck themselves too. I'll smack you down and I'll deal with them later. I'll smack the taste out of your mouth and I'll let them sit over on the sidelines and whine about it and grope about it and I'll explain to them later why I had to do it. That's where we are in this country. That's where you've pushed us to. The farce of it, the farce of it that the Democrat Party could in any way claim to be a party of the people. You're not a party of the people. You're a party of the government. It's very, very simple. The more money you give the federal government, the more power you give the federal government, the more lenient you give the federal government to expand the tax the more power you give the federal government to tell you when, where, why, how you can live. I don't trust the federal government with any fucking thing. I don't trust the federal government with a single fucking thing, especially not this federal government. Especially not this, you know, Jeffrey Tubin, 
sure, he's a TV personality, but he would just as soon be a politician. All these politicians are corrupt as hell. I mean, they call D.C. a swamp for a reason, and it's easy to buy. Everybody, see, and the real scam of the Uniparty, the real scam of the Uniparty is to present American politics, the American, the American political landscape, as this clash of ideas. It's not a clash of ideas. It's, 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 a, theater, it's a theater of conflict to distract people so they can get rich. All these politicians coming into office worth a hundred grand, couple hundred grand, they're leaving office worth a hundred million, 10 million, 50 million on paper. Who knows what they got, you know, in the cut? Who knows what they got offshore? Who knows what they got in secret, hidden? All these politicians getting rich. How you how do you think they're getting rich? The, 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 it's, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. We know the answer. The answer is lobbying. Charlemagne, who are the lobbyists? They're the same corporations you work for. The motherfuckers who own the radio station. Who, you, you, who do you think you're fooling? You fooling the citizens of New York City that, that, that ride around or walk around listening to you talk about a bunch of fucking gossip all day? The people who accept that type of entertainment because they were intentionally educated to not read past a fifth grade reading level? A symptom of Democrat politics or the Democrat, the Democrat authority over the education system all throughout the country, and they have had that authority? Why is it that black people accept that form of entertainment? Why is it that that entertains us? I thought it was very entertaining to see Damon Dash come on there and slap you fucking morons around. In fact, I think that was the most entertaining Breakfast Club show I've ever seen. And I've seen a few of them. And yeah, we tune in. We tune in because very talented people are always entertaining. And to hear the way that very talented people think is always entertaining. But you three fucking buffoons as the backdrop are nothing more than that. They could put any three fucking people up there. Y'all don't see that? You could take any three fucking people and bring Kanye West in to interview him, and everybody's going to tune in. It's the shit y'all say in between that pays dividends for the masters of the system. It's the shit y'all say in between the Kanye West that pays dividends for the injustice that plays dividends for the corruption. It's the shit y'all say in between that pays dividends for the Federal Reserve. It's the shit y'all say in between that pays dividends for the D.C. swamp. It's the shit y'all say in between that pays dividends for the globalist agenda. So, yeah, we'll tune in. We'll tune in to hear Mike Tyson talk about being Mike Tyson. You know, the, the, the man was, was a phenom, a physical specimen, a physical athletic specimen. Of course, we'll tune in to hear the insights and, and to, to get an insight into the, the thought process of a Mike Tyson. Or whoever, pick one. Pick, pick somebody. It doesn't matter. If I had uh, an access to 
an infinite amount of A-list black celebrities, I'd have a big radio show too. That doesn't make you credible. That success is manufactured. The same people who run the radio station are the same people who make money off of how many people are interested in what a Kanye West has to say. That's what Kanye West went off about, and y'all wanted to act like he was lying. Tomorrow, myself and Professor Penn, who is a Jew himself, talk a little bit about the anti-Jews. You'll enjoy that. So there is a scam being run here. And it's not a Jewish scam. It's not a black scam. It's not a white scam. It's not a Chinese scam. It's not a Russian scam. It's not even a communist or capitalist scam. It's a scam of sellouts and Satanists. That's who the fuck you people are. People who don't have any faith, have no sacred honor, have no morals, have no values. People who are willing to sell out for their own advancement. That's what the scam is being run by. And all of you guys are, are shilling for it. You're shilling for it. You know, God bless Larry Elder. 70 years old, had the courage to fight back against all of this shit while the, while the, the rise of the black conservative movement was, 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 was um, you know, was still on its way. Stood in the breach, stood in the gap. Could he say some things better? Could he articulate some things better? Of course. Of course. But he stood in the breach while all you fucking Finocchios were out selling the entire kitchen sink. And black women, I can't believe I can't believe you let people like this woman represent you. I mean, it is horrifying that you would let this this woman represent you. What that black woman tried to do to Larry Elder, and and, and the, the the ironic part about it is Larry Elder talked about the problem, you know, the, the 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 issue of fatherless homes, and he was very gracious, very very gracious to black women in saying, hey. The government came in and incentivized you to get rid of the black father in order to receive welfare. Then I thought he was gracious to black women, and I thought he sort of defended Lyndon B. Johnson in the interview. I didn't like that. Because to say that Lyndon B. Johnson didn't do it intentionally is, is absolutely incorrect. There's no evidence in fact, when you look at the if when you look at the totality of results from the policies that came from a person like Lyndon B. Johnson and that entire movement that that circled a, a, a civil rights grievance, many of those politicians knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. To think otherwise is to is to is to underestimate the level of of malice, the level of nefariousness, uh, the level of intelligence that we're up against in this country as the common man and the working class citizen. Absolutely, Lyndon B. Johnson knew what the fuck he was doing. Absolutely he did. He did it intentionally. Prove me wrong. And I would, I would challenge Larry Elder to prove us wrong. Sh show the evidence that Lyndon B. Johnson didn't do that intentionally. That Lyndon B. Johnson didn't create a welfare state with the explicit intent to bolster the Democrat Party politically. Through black people and the rise of a civil rights uh, uh, momentum. Pro prove it. Where is that evidence? Where is that evidence? I mean, I can only judge a person by what they do. 
I can look at the results and I can go back and infer the motive. And if Lyndon B. Johnson was an unknowing, uh, an unknowing participant in a greater, more nefarious plan by, I, I don't know who, Satan? Who were his advisors? Let's figure it out. I mean, there's a paper trail somewhere when it comes to that. Who's responsible for the welfare state? Gave too much pardon to, to Lyndon B. Johnson in that part of the interview. I didn't really like that. I didn't appreciate that. And and because what it what it what it really is is that they were trying to pin him in a corner where they said, "Hey, Lyndon B. Johnson, if you're saying the welfare state is a problem, and that that system is a problem, who was in charge of the system? Who wrote the policies?" And they were trying to infer that because he was white, that their point that this is white supremacy still holds. And in response to that, as a boomerang, which conservatives often fall in the trap of, Larry immediately went, "Oh, well, Lyndon B. Johnson didn't do it on purpose." The fuck he didn't do it on purpose. Absolutely he did it on purpose. That still doesn't mean that the problem is white supremacy. Because in that specific example, the black woman, same as the one who was trying to cut Larry Elder off, had to sign the dotted fucking line. And it's the same as all of you right-wing conservatives who want to talk the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, when you're talking about financing or banking or lawyers or whatever these key industries are, media. If you all didn't sign the deal, if you all didn't participate, if you didn't pay your money in, then the scam wouldn't work. So you're just as culpable as they are. The people who signed the deal, the people who participate in the deal, the people who participate in the scam are just as culpable as the people who propose the scam, the people who propose the deal, the people who hand you the pen to sign the dotted line. you're, you're, You're responsible too. Marriage. Marriage is insoluble. Insoluble. Having children even is supposed to be a bond that's somewhat insoluble. So if Lyndon B. Johnson came across every fucking home, every black home in America, and said, if you kick the black man out, we'll give you welfare money. We'll give you money. At that moment, black women across this country had the opportunity to stand up and say, fuck you. Fuck you, cocksucker. And they didn't. And there's a reason why they didn't. Because women, in general, psychologically, are more agreeable. They're more agreeable. Which is why they're still agreeing with the scam today which is why the black woman who tried to berate Larry Elder on The Breakfast Club is still knowingly shilling for the same system she says is racist. Everybody's racist in the system except the Democrat politicians who you vote for? Fuck you! I'm an independent. Fuck off. (laughs) Fuck off. You're an independent. No, you're not. You're not a fucking independent. The entire black bourgeoisie Hollywood movement has been geared to call Donald Trump a racist and by and therefore, by default, romancing the vote of the black voter to vote Democrat.
And and my point about Larry is is that it's ironic he talked about fatherless homes and he was very gracious not to point out the fact that the woman on the screen behind him is actually one of the catalysts of fatherless homes in America. That's the part that's the that's the rough part that nobody wants to have to say. Okay. I'll say it. Because I come from the black community like that. I know that the story that black men are just, you know, that black men are just irresponsible. Okay. I've heard I've heard Republican women in the Republican Party here in Minnesota try and justify abortion on the cultural narrative that black men just fuck these women and leave them. They're pro-abortion because black men are doing too much fucking and leaving their kids. I know that part of the narrative is what people want to, you know, they want to latch on to. But the real truth that nobody wants to say is that there are plenty of black men who have children with black women or with any women, and that the anti-family court system is the systemic issue with which women are rewarded for manipulation when it comes to the nuclear family. They are rewarded for manipulation when it comes to the nuclear family. And the black woman might be the MVP of the whole fucking scam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. This ain't conjecture. This ain't a conspiracy theory. I know plenty of black women that 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 use their children and the family court system as a cudgel against black men that they themselves ran out of the fucking house. Black men that wanted to have a family, black men that wanted to be a father, black men that wanted to be married, black men that wanted to have a nuclear family, black men that wanted to provide. Black men that didn't want to be in the streets. I I don't want to be a player no more. Shout out to Big Pun. Black men like that, although he was Puerto Rican. Ipso facto, it's close enough. Black men that wanted to be father figures, and they were run out of the home by black women who were loud and obnoxious and nasty and bitter and resentful, just like that black woman that tried to berate Larry Elder on The Breakfast Club. And once the black man was out the house, they had to double down on their shame because that's what it really is. Because when you talk loud and say you don't need no man following Gloria fucking Steinem, when you talk loud and say you don't need no man, it feels like it's true. Right. You get you know, you 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 hype, you you hype, you know, you want to be a part of the liberal white woman's fantasy. Right. You hype. (laughs) But then the black man leaves. And the truth sinks in. The reality sinks in. The reality that the problems you had with that man aren't really much different than the problems you're going to have with any man. Because the problem really ain't them. It's more so you. Makes it kind of prophetic that Larry Elder said we need to look at us first. He's being gracious to you. He was being gracious to y'all, and I get it. I'm just not as gracious. I'm going to tell you the truth. Truth, hard truth, tough, tough to hear. Cuts deep. 
same black woman talking shit to Larry Elder is the same black woman that ran the black man out of the house only to then double, triple, and quadruple down on the scam, on the sellout by going back to the anti-family court and making it nearly impossible for that black man to do anything, anything productive with his life through the tyranny of the court system that was predominantly informed by the ideology of the white liberal woman and her cuck fucking sidekicks. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGate.com. That's TireGate.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us. Help fund the movement. Help support the movement. We all believe in the freedom of movement, and that is exactly what they want to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota. This was episode number 87. I hope you enjoyed. Please tune in tomorrow night. The great Professor Penn, subscribe to his podcast. We will be doing family and friends tomorrow night at the same time, 9 p.m. Central on YouTube, on Rumble, on all the major audio platforms. Please tune in 4 to 6 p.m. Central on Sunday for InfoWars, where I'm going to be hosting for two hours on the great InfoWars, the platform built, built and stewarded by none other than Alex Jones himself, the OG of the Truther Movement. Please tune into War Room on Getter, on Rumble. We appreciate the War Room posse. We appreciate your viewership and your listenership now, today, and in the future. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. And as always, Godspeed.